0: Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. All right, welcome to another edition of your Personal Branding Podcast, and I'm really excited about this episode because I have Bob Bagg back again with a big bang, and Bob Bagg is an international best-selling author of the great book, The Go-Giver. Bob, welcome to the podcast show. Well,
1: thank Thank you. you. It's always great to be with you and have a chance to speak with you.
0: It's a pleasure I treasure.
1: Ah, Thank you. Likewise. Bob,
0: uh, this is one of the best books I've come across to find a subject of Human relation, branding, and and service to humanity, and I really want to congratulate you for this particular book with John, and it's it's amazing.
1: Well, thank you. I had the honor of co-authoring this with a, a fantastic writer and great friend, John David Mann. So it was a collaboration that really came together well, and and we're very excited about it.
0: Awesome. Well, let's get started and let's delve deeper into some aspects of the book and on on subject of branding and and human relation. So. Um, you talk about entrepreneurial spirits, but what about those who aren't entrepreneurs? Because I feel that I'm not an entrepreneur. How do I possess or have that entrepreneurial spirit? What does that message in your book carry?
1: Uh, for entrepreneurs or for those who are not entrepreneurs?
0: For those who are not entrepreneurs.
1: Well, you know, it's. Well, first of all, not everyone does have to be an entrepreneur in terms of going out and starting their own business. When we think of entrepreneurism, we think of a person who has an idea uh, or just has some sort of goal where they would like to be in business for themselves, where they have a, a skill or a talent and they would like to, uh, utilize that, uh, or it could be, they just don't want to work for someone else. And so they, they go out, they invest some of their money, they work hard, they build a business. And, and that's certainly one very legitimate way to do that. And, uh, and one way to live life. Uh, but not everyone is cut out to own their own business and, and be an entrepreneur in that regard. However, we can all be entrepreneurial in the way that we do things. In other words, someone who works as a uh, – uh, uh, who works uh, doing anything in an, in an office, uh, uh, so long as they – they try and find ways to communicate value and add value to the enterprise, they are being entrepreneurial. We could say they're intrapreneurs. They're people who, who act entrepreneurial within, uh, within a, a, a setting, uh, maybe a corporate setting or working for someone else. So you, even if you're not an entrepreneur, you can still take it upon yourself to constantly and consistently focus on providing value to everyone whose lives you touch.
0: Also, the key thing is you should be focused on providing value to the people you touch. So you might not be cut out to be an entrepreneur, but even in your chosen field, you can be an entrepreneur, you can decide to give value in it at all costs to people, right?
1: Sure, absolutely. And when you're in someone else's employ, mm-hmm. your goal should be to give them more in use value than what they're paying you for. Uh, now, this is not self-sacrificial in, at all in any way. It's just that remember when you work for someone else in a company, you're basically selling them your services. And just like the person who, uh, is, uh, is selling pizza. Okay. Uh, they own a pizza shop and they're selling a pizza and somebody buys a pizza for $16. That person's buying it because they expect to get more than $16 worth of value. They expect to really enjoy that pizza. They expect to have a great eating experience and they expect, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, we always have to in business give people more in value than what they're paying while we make a profit. Well, it's the same when you work for someone else. You're, you're charging them in a sense, a certain fee for having you in their company. And it's your job to do such a great job and add so much value to what you do that they feel that what they're paying you uh, is is um, not worth anything is is not anywhere near what they are receiving for it in value. Meanwhile, you are still hopefully making a a a nice uh, paycheck. And if you're not, you need to keep finding ways to add more value or work hard enough or in smart enough to get yourself put into a position that pays, uh, that pays more.
0: Do you keep on giving value that compromised on your costs?
1: Well, you don't have to spend a lot of money to give a lot of value. Uh, for example, it can be, it it can be in terms of how you greet people. You look at a, a big fancy hotel chain like the Ritz Carlton hotel. And when people walk in, they greet people in a way that make people feel so very welcome. Uh, they, they don't say hi, hey, or how you doing? They say good morning or good afternoon or good evening. And when someone asks them for some help or whatever, they'll, the, the guest contact employees will put a, put uh, to the side everything they're doing and they will help this person, often walking that person to where they need to go. When the person says thank you, uh, the guest contact employee won't say, uh, no problem. They won't even say, you're welcome. They'll say, my pleasure. Now, you might think, okay, but that's the Ritz-Carlton. They have lots and lots of money to spend on that kind of training. But you know what? Anyone, any hotel, any motel, any place could do that could, could greet people in a way that makes people feel good about themselves and feel important. Can, can greet them properly with good morning or good afternoon rather than hey or how you doing and can say my pleasure instead of no problem. Uh, and so it's those little things we can do that, that start the process of adding value. That's, that's excellence. We can, we can do things correctly, consistently. You know, my, my colleague Joe Callaway has a great book called be the best at what matters most. And it simply it simply means just do the right things. If you have a job to do, do that job well. And a lot of times part of that job is providing that excellent customer experience. Uh, paying attention to details can be a great way to add value. Harvey McKay built a, a huge envelope manufacturing company, uh, selling a product, of course, that basically is a commodity like anything else. But rather than having to 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 wage the who has the lowest price wars, which is never a good way to do business, um, unless your name is Walmart. But for most of us, that's that's not a good way to do business. But he would have his his salespeople find out and learn so much that they would engage their prospective customers uh, in in such a way that they would learn all about those people's likes and their dislikes and their family and their friends and their where they went to school, and all the great information that allowed them to create a fantastic relationship with that person. You add value by being empathetic, by trying to put yourself in the other person's place, by trying to understand how they feel about things. And even when you don't understand, being able to communicate that you understand they're feeling something. It means you're paying attention to the signals in order to be empathetic
0: that reminds me especially receiving mass emails from uh, intel telcos. you have hello valued customer or "valued client instead of personalizing the name so that's a way you can look at it giving value that you become more personal uh, in dealing with clients they they feel more valued uh, in terms of i mean relations than just making a mass mail or mass message to hello clients or hello so and so
1: yeah, well, that's certainly true. I mean, the more personal you are with someone, and the more they can tell it is genuinely personal, certainly the more influence you're going to have with that person. Uh, there's a time and place for everything. Of course, we all have lists that we've gotten permission from people to send, but even with the um, even with the contact management systems, there are you can still make it a lot more personal than uh, uh, than it. Uh, uh, than doing it as you said in such a way that it's obvious that it's it's just a form letter, mm-hmm. and so uh, so you know the writing of the letter itself in such a way that it sounds personal as well as the way it's addressed, all all has to do with that. But certainly, you're you're correct. The more uh, the more personal it is and comes across, the better.
0: Listen, this time, let's look at a quick overview of the five laws you and John mentioned in your book. This cast the five laws that we can look at as becoming a goal giver.
1: Can walk us through well that. sure. The law Yeah, the laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. We t- talked about value earlier, which is simply always looking to give more in value or what's called use value than what you take in payment, which doesn't mean you're you're giving more than you're getting. It just means you're giving in a way that's valuable to that person. And receiving in a way that's more valuable to you. So when you're doing this correctly, both parties win. Again, in the, the course, in the case of a uh, a business transaction, the buyer gets what they want, and the seller uh, gets what they want. They're both trading something they want less for something they want more. So everyone wins. It's the same with an employee and an employer. Uh, they the employer wants the services you provide, and you want the paycheck. So both parties are both parties are winning but it's up to you to always focus on providing the value with the law of compensation that's a matter of uh how many people you're able to serve with the value you provide and certainly to the degree that you are able to touch the lives of more people that's most likely going to be the degree of um, of wealth of and income that you earn uh the law number 3 the law of Influence says your influence is determined by uh, how abundantly you place other people's interests first. This does not mean you should be anyone's doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial in any way. It simply means that that person who can shift their focus, who can move from an eye focus to an other focus, uh that's the person who attracts more people. That's the person who develops relationships where others know you, they like you, they trust you, they want to do business with you, they want to be in relationship with you. Law number four, the law of authenticity, says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself, and that's almost self explanatory in, in terms of uh you know, we don't want to be a phony, we want to to uh act in a way that's congruent with our values. And being authentic doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice kindness or tact or diplomacy, not at all. It simply means that you operate in such a way that you bring your authentic, true self to the table, uh, and that's doing that is the best way to serve others and yourself. And law number five, the law of receptivity, says that the most valuable, uh, that the key to effective giving, excuse me, is to stay open to receiving. And this means that that in the same way that we breathe out, we also have to breathe in. Uh, we focus on the giving of value to everyone, but we also, or I should say, and we allow ourselves to receive in like measure.
0: At that point, a lot of receptivity. I, I noticed that there are people who find it difficult to receive things from others, no matter how genuine it might be, that they don't feel worthy of us receiving even gifts from people they, they just want to give. So how do one compensate himself with that? How do I begin to to allow myself to receive things as a go-giver.
1: Well, we first need to understand that one big reason why we might have these feelings, this reluctance to receive, is because of the messages we've received from the world and all around us from probably from the time we were born. Look how many people will, you know, will we'll teach uh, that that people with money are bad people or they got their money dishonestly look at the TV shows and the movies that that seem to portray people as either good good and happy and honest but who are poor and the evil rich person who takes advantage of everyone to to get what they want and and so when we hear these messages and we and we do constantly it becomes a part of our thought process on an unconscious level. It, and it's our subconscious that rules, uh, the conscious. And so you might say, well, yeah, but I, you know, I'm happy to receive. I can add lots of value to people. I'm happy to receive. But if unconsciously you're thinking, well, no, no, people won't like me if I'm wealthier or, or it means I'm a bad person or I won't really be happy. Well, e- with that you the chances are much better that you'll sabotage that success and and keep yourself broke and so we need to to really consciously think about it we need to question our premises and when we find ourselves when someone says thank you and and we can't accept it by saying you're well uh or or not excuse me when someone wants to give us something and we can't uh we can't allow ourselves to just say thank you and receive it. We've got to ask ourselves, why? What is the issue? What's the premise behind that? Uh, or if, uh, you know, what have you, someone offers us something great. Uh, it might be they might want to buy dinner or they might want to uh, or the boss who wants to give you a raise or whatever it is. Uh, we need to be able to accept it and accept it not with guilt, but accept it joyously as long as it's something that we've earned um
0: how does one begin to search for a mentor maybe somebody wants you or bob or john to mentor what is the criteria what do i need to look out for to start receiving mentorship from someone i admire
1: well when someone's looking for a mentor uh, the best thing they need to understand is it's it's usually not something where you can just say to someone, "Hey, will you mentor me?" Now sometimes you, you can, I guess, and every so often that will work, but not not usually because most mentors, most people who you'd want to mentor them, are busy with their own lives. They're 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 busy. They're doing things, which doesn't mean they won't mentor you or won't give you advice or take time with you, but they're probably not going to jump right into a mentor protégé relationship without knowing you better. Um, so I think the best thing to do is is definitely seek out those people that you want to learn from, read their materials and and learn from learn what you can from them uh, through ways other than directly. You know, asking them for counsel. But then once you know enough about them and you have some specific questions you'd like to ask, I think then it's fine to reach out to that person and just, uh, let them know that you, you know, you've studied them, you, you would like to learn from them or, or just, you know, you'd like to ask a couple of very quick, uh, pertinent questions. I understand you're very busy if you don't have the time. Uh, if so, I'd, I'd so appreciate it or something like that. And do it that way and, and, and start, start to develop a relationship, cultivate a relationship with this person that over time might result in their mentoring you more closely. And whenever you can, try to find ways to add value to them. And that might be simply by, by following their advice and being successful, or it might be by looking for ways you can connect with them with good people, or it might be sending them an article about something that they like or, making a small donation to their favorite charity. I, I don't know. But there's always ways to uh, to look to to bring value to others. But I think the biggest thing when looking for a mentor is, is know that it happens over time like any good relationship.
0: So you need to build a relationship gradually before you can even ask for mentorship.
1: Well, I, I, yeah, I'd say before you ask for mentorship, definitely. But in terms of asking that question... Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think that that's unrealistic. But I, I wouldn't make it a. I wouldn't make it a question that you could easily know the answer to if you just did some research.
0: <laughs> uh, I think looking at the level of respect and uh, we, we we attribute to people or the level of their influence, so that if I'm receiving an advice from Bob, Bob says um, Ben, go do this and that, and you're going to be successful. But if I receive the same phrase of words from a person that I don't really attribute or don't see as a real social influence, it might be the same words that Bob might tell me, but I, I respect and Bob, I believe in the words from Bob than the other person. So how do I manage this as a mentee?
1: Well, as a protege, you, you pick out the people who you want to learn from. And those those. That is the advice you're going to take. You're going to follow, you're going to be much more likely to follow their advice. And so one reason why you choose to, uh, why you choose a certain mentor is because you admire what they've done, what they've accomplished maybe, um, the kind of person they are, the kind of character they have, and so forth. And so, one thing a protege needs to do is to to take that advice and and follow it, which doesn't mean you can't ask reasonable questions about it or you can't ask for clarifying questions. Uh, uh, but you do need to be, but if you are going to, to ask someone to be your mentor, you do need, as a protege, to be ready to implement the ideas they, they give you.
0: How, do, how does a protege begin to? Give value front, uh, to a
1: mentor. Well, you can't always give value up front to a mentor, but what you can do is you communicate that you always want to be able to. Uh, and it might be something if you, if you, if it's a mentor where the person lives near you and you can, even if you can do something, if you can drive them around places or if you can pick up some things for them or if you can, You know, do something for their family. I mean, there's, there's always something that you can, that you can do. Again, it could be as simple as sending them information that might, they find, might find valuable or, you know, volunteering for a few hours at their favorite charity or something to show them that you are putting a value to their mentorship and that you're, you know, doing your part in the relationship. But again, it it doesn't always happen like that. I'm just saying it, it, it could.
0: Now, we're in a social setting, and now we're looking at social media and the power of influence. And one of the principles in your book, The Go-Giver, you mentioned uh, influence. So how does a go-giver, maybe like me, or you, create influence, both personally and in business?
1: Well, you find ways to be of value to others. You know, influencers are people who, um, who they don't push their ideas on others. They're not pushy. They more pull, I would say in you know influence itself is is pull. We might define influence as the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the context of a a specific goal and that and that's certainly a legitimate definition uh, of influence, but really it's about pull it's it's about uh attracting people to yourself and to your ideas. And really you do that through building relationships with people As you know, you've heard me say all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like and trust. I would also say that people will allow themselves to be led and influenced by those people they know, like and trust as well. So the way you establish that relationship and build that relationship is by genuinely caring about them and genuinely trying to bring value to their lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, th- this thing happens to brands and businesses. They start offering value to clients or the customers, and over time, they are unable to offer that genuine value to people. They begin to uh, fade out. So what would be the advice for such brands and businesses that's, that are unable to continually, consistently offer value to clients?
1: Well, the answer is you find ways to continue to provide value to them. I mean, that's why they're going to stay as your customer. Remember, people are always going to do what they believe is in their best interest to do, and they're only going to do business with you because they believe they're receiving value from that relationship that is higher than what they're paying for that relationship, paying in terms of money, in terms of time, instead of, in, in terms of lost opportunity potential, in terms of, of aggravation, what have you. So it's always up to the business to always find ways to uh, provide value in such a way that that customer uh, appreciates that.
0: Now, I would want to ask, even in that line, as a go-giver, can you be taken advantage of because you're a go-giver? You you determine to give value always, but people won't take advantage of you because
1: you're just a go-giver. No. Uh, No, being a go-giver has nothing to do with with being taken advantage of. Uh, Being a go-giver does not mean you're self-sacrificial. Uh, it doesn't mean you're a martyr. It means you're simply always looking for ways to create, create value for others, create value for the marketplace, knowing that it results in a win for everyone involved. If someone is a, you know, a nice, uh, you know, as they say, the nice guy or nice gal who gets taken advantage of, it's not because they're nice or it's not because they're a go giver. Uh, it's because they're doing things in such a way that allows other people to take advantage of them. In fact, if you're truly a go giver, you're not being taken advantage of because remember a part of go giving is being able to receive.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right on that. Great Bob. Bob what would be your billion dollar advice from the go giver to the world? Someone one thing that you want that listeners to take action on now.
1: Well I would say it's to to understand that the the uh that your target is always serving the customer. Uh, and that when you serve the, the customer and you hit your target, you'll get a reward. And the reward, of course, will be money. But the money should never be confused as being the target itself. the The money is only the reward for hitting the target. The target is serving others. So always have your focus in the right place, and that is making the life of your customer better.
0: Wow. Wow. One of the things I've really picked from the go and from this interaction is that the most important thing for any any business or personal brand do is to really seek out offer value. That is all. That's the most important. You need to seek to offer value to your clients or people.
1: Well, sure. You know, it's it's always about finding ways to make the lives of others better. I mean, uh that that's what business is and that's what life is and again it that that should never be confused with being self-sacrificial it should always be uh everything you do should be in a way that adds as Wallace Waddell's author of the 1910 classic science of getting rich said that adds life to all that always benefits everyone concerned uh,
0: thanks so much uh bob uh,
1: Oh, it's my my pleasure. I, I always enjoy speaking with you. You're a great guy, and you, you're you doing terrific work.
0: Thank you. I appreciate learning from all the things I, I get from you to provide value for people every now and
1: then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Well, but where can one get access to the books and all the things that we can get access to, all the material? Sure.
1: Best thing is just to visit my website at com. And pretty much everything's there, right at the site.
0: B-U-R-G dot com to get the book and access to contact Bob. All right, I appreciate your time and your sacrifice to share this with the world as a go-giver and giving us value always. Thank you so
1: much.